This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of the Blood Red podcast. I'm your host, Sam Carroll. You may be wondering why you're not hearing the dulcet tones of Ian Doyle or Joe Rimmer today, so let me explain a little bit. Ian's horse and cart broke down on his mission from St. Helens this morning and Joe's entered the world's tallest man competition. We wish them both well. So on to today's guests, we're joined by Liverpool correspondent James Pearce, who's sensationally revealed he prefers sugar-free coke to the real deal. James, do you want to open up on that? Defend that choice. I, I can't really taste the difference, to be honest. It's wet and it's Friday and looking to crack on. You right, Sam? I'm not too bad at all. I think we were saying, though, don't you get coke just for the hit, for that little sugar boost that you get? No. No? That's no. literally the only reason I have uh, fizzy drinks. On to the Echo's newest signing, our new uh, sports social media, s- sports auditor, sports editor. Auditor, it's fine. Who knows, Who knows what your title is. <laughs> Sean Bradbury, how's things, Sean? Yeah, okay, okay. Slight bit of leggy, a little bit under the weather. Yeah, you've Whatever's been, gone on, Melwood. You've been smashing, swept me up, smashing the lemp sips today, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, got yeah. through two or three of them. So, but, you know, cracking on. Not bad. And last but not least, Kiever O'Neill, who's enjoyed, a, who's enjoyed a strong start to life on the sports desk. How, how are you enjoying things? Yeah, month in now. Month in? Yeah. Yeah. It's how, f- fourth week now. How would you assess your, your first month working alongside Bradbury and Pierce? <laughs> uh, it's been great. It's been, it's been you know... Steady, it's the stuff know. that she says off off record. Yeah, that really that's the best stuff. Yeah, that's the that. echo understands that. <laughs> so get Ian, Ian Doyle is a menace. <laughs> well, I mean that that goes without saying, doesn't it? <laughs> Connor Dunn's got strong feelings on uh, Ian Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get straight into it, James. You've you've spent the uh, morning at Melwood with with Mr. Jürgen Klopp. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the press conference and, and what got said. Yeah, he was on good form today. Um, you know, I think you could. You could sense the the excitement around the place. I mean, it's you know, obviously Bayern in midweek was a you know a lot of build up and expectation and anticipation ahead of that one, and then suddenly, you know, you've got a trip to Old Trafford, a midweek game against Watford, and then a Merseyside derby on the horizon as well. So um, it's just an absolutely pivotal period in the context of Liverpool's season, um, and there's no question that this on Sunday is Liverpool's biggest game of the season so far. You know the. I'm struggling to think of a last time they played Manchester United with more at stake than there is uh, now. And um, yeah, Klopp, I think Klopp didn't hide away from that. He said, you know, we know it's a, you know a huge, huge game in the the context of the season. It always is. Um, you know, talked talk about it being one of the biggest fixtures in world football, um, but keen to ensure that you know for his players at least they don't lose sight of that. You know, they, they, I don't think he wants them to be burdened with that pressure of thinking too much about what exactly exactly is on the line on Sunday. Um and he was also, you know, very, you know, uh full of praise for the job that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's done at United as well and talked in depth really about the difference between United now and the United that Liverpool, you know, walked all over really at, at Anfield back in December. And with James mentioned it there, we'll 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 open it up for a little bit of discussion. Jürgen seems quite confident that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer will remain the Manchester United manager next season. Do do you think that's the case and what does it mean for Liverpool that you know United playing well under Solskjaer do you think they, they, they could challenge next season yeah it was interesting what he 
what he had to say. I think I was quite surprised. He, he, he wasn't was sitting his, on the fence. Was no, he? no, it was, and it was funny actually. The Norwegian reporter who was there asking him the questions at the end, I don't think could quite believe his luck that he got such a good answer. Yeah, again, he asked, yeah, as if like he couldn't quite believe that he'd said. He, I think he. What was the quote? Something like, "I've got no doubt he yeah. will still be in charge next season." Yeah, yeah. And his follow-up question was, "So you think he'll be in charge next season?" When, I'm pretty sure that's just what I've just said. Yeah. Um, and then there was some debate afterwards about was it was it mind games? Was it you know almost? You know, would it suit Liverpool the fact that Solskjaer would done this fantastic job so far, but so limited experience-wise? You know whether whether Klopp was playing a game there. I actually don't think he was. I think he was being genuine. I think the fact of the matter is, you know, you can yeah, of course Solskjaer has to prove it over a longer period, maybe, but you can't knock him in terms of what he's done with the United so far. I think um, I think Klopp was you know. People, I think some some Liverpool managers would have would have not been quite so uh, you know kind with their praise and and with their backing for a, a United counterpart. But you know that's Chris Klopp, isn't it? He's honest, speaks from the heart, and I yeah I don't think there was any games at stake there. I think he was just giving what he felt was his appraisal of a of a young manager who's who's come in and what has he won like eleven out of thirteen games. I think it's twenty four points out of twenty seven in the Premier League. Um, and just giving him a, a pat on the back that he thinks he deserves. Kiva, mind games or genuine praise for Ole Gunnar no, Solskjaer? I, I, I agree with James. I think it's definitely genuine. Um, they met last year when Solskjaer was managing Mould. Um, they were in Marbella because we got knocked out of the FA Cup like we did this year and went on a little trip to Spain. <laughs> um, and last year they met and got like a photo together. And um, Solskjaer just had like lovely things to say about Klopp and the little meeting and stuff. And obviously Solskjaer was a boyhood red, wasn't he? So um, he's a he's he was a big fan of him at Dortmund, and he likes his style of play. And as like openly on their club's website, he said like, you know, this is how I want my teams to play, like Jurgen. So I think he looks up to Jurgen, and obviously when they've met, there's been that sort of mutual respect. And now he's there. You can't really. It doesn't seem like a manager you'd want to hate or create like an unnecessary like overbearing rivalry that that has been in the past he just seems like nice doesn't he almost and Klopp's a good fella I think if you're a good fella he's he's nice back isn't he you're gonna make it a clean sweep for genuine Klopp praise (laughs) Um, I'll I'll try and kind of play it down the middle I think yeah it was it was it was certainly there were genuine elements of it and you know Klopp was drawing parallels with his own experience we mentioned Mainz and Dortmund and um, you know, a chance taken on him as a as a younger manager and how he's kind of blossomed and and built on that um, in in his subsequent career. So I think there was you know there's an element of that, um, but and you know you can't argue with his record. Like Jake said, eleven out of thirteen. Um, oh, you lost lost the PSG. I think was it, was it the draw at Burnley, but yeah. even that you know felt like they, they came back late on, didn't it? It felt like a kind of you know a united performance, and yeah. there, was, there was something to draw yeah. from that. Um, I do wonder whether there was a little bit of. <sighs> You know, United have kind of not not struggled for an identity under Solskjaer. Obviously, he's kind of unlocked the attacking talented players who, like Pogba, who maybe got a bit dormant and uh, hadn't really shown much under Mourinho. But they've got a kind of big decision to make on Sunday, like how how much they're going to come at Liverpool, whether they you know they played the diamond in recent games, whether they're going to go four three three, and you know really kind of what you would expect of a United team at home. So maybe he was kind of slightly trying to kind of butter him up a little bit and you know lavish him with a bit of praise and hope that they'll kind of feel that they can come and take Liverpool on a little bit. But um but no, I think there was it was in, in the in the main it was genuine, but anything you could say to kind of, you know, make United play to Liverpool's hands a little bit on Sunday, there might have been an element of that too. And going back to the press conference, James, obviously Jürgen confirmed that Dayan Lovren will be we missing from the game. Was that something that was expected, do you think? Do you think since 
the buying game finished they've, they've been planning to have Matip alongside Virgil <coughs> van Dijk or, or was, was he hopeful of having Dejan back no I think they expected Lovren to be missing again I think Klopp said at midweek that uh, it, it already looked like a long shot for the weekend so uh, no it's been a, a torrid spell for Lovren really when you think it was supposed to be quite a minor issue he hasn't played since January the 7th um, and I think I think even if he'd returned to training in the last day or two I think you'd be worried about throwing him into a, a game of this magnitude with so yeah. little match fitness um, so yeah it was, I mean, it was he, obviously he was asked about Fabino and uh, he, he called it I think he described him as unbelievably valuable to us in terms of because he can play those two positions um, I, I fully expect Fabino to be restored to the midfield on Sunday I think it will be Van Dijk and, and Matip as the as the centre back combination, and then you know the real the real big dilemma for him is going to be the the makeup of that midfield. Um, you know, elsewhere in terms of it fitness wise, you know, he, good news in terms of Oxley Chamberlain. Klopp talking about how he's playing a bigger and bigger part in training sessions. Still not full on contact training. Um, it was at Melwood for the pre buying session earlier on this week and. He was part of the warm-up drills and stuff, but then he doesn't, you know, when, when they start doing the contact stuff, he, he takes, a, takes a seat. Um, but, you know, he's getting closer. Um, you know, certainly I think in March, we'll see him back in a Liverpool jersey at some point in the month. Uh, Rian Brewster, probably a little bit further away, but could still feature this season as well. Um, so, yeah, a couple of long-term absentees. And obviously Gomez, who they're hopeful will be back in March as well. But, uh, yeah, in terms of Sunday, I don't think... I don't think there'll be any big surprises. You know, I think obviously the front three pick themselves. I'd be amazed if he if he didn't play four three three. And it, yeah, I'm sure as we'll discuss, probably the the one dilemma for him is going to be the makeup of that that midfield trio. Kiva, uh, the back two then, Matip Van Dijk. Does that? Are you happy with that? What, what did you think of Matip's performance against Bayern Munich in midweek? I thought he was yeah, he was good, solid, and he has been since he's been called upon. Obviously, it's been not great not having Gomez in there but and Lovren as well, having them options there. It's just been... But, like, come March, it's all looked a bit daunting in terms of centre-back. And then I think Fabinho the other night just sort of lit something up and it was just like, you know what, we've got a player who can play there and that sort of gives us a little bit. And then come March, we might have, you know, Gomez, Lovren fit to play and it might not be this daunting, horrible sort of thing we've expected. Um yeah, I'm I'm confident with Matip. I know a lot of people don't sort of maybe like his style or whatever, but I feel like he just does a sturdy job. He kept buying out the other night. I know they weren't like as dominant attacking as like they have been in recent years, but they still look good on the wings of Coman and um Nabry and yeah, so I'd be happy for him to to play at the at the weekend at Old Trafford. And obviously Sean Oxlade's chain, Oxlade Chamberlain's injury last season came at the, the worst possible time for mm. Liverpool. Do you think now there's that sense of these players are coming back at the best possible time and, and Liverpool have got a little bit of momentum and you know a little bit of luck with, with, with players retaining? Yeah, absolutely. And in a strange way, like some of the ones you've had <coughs> minor knocks over the past day uh, or like you know, muscle problems and tweaks over the past month or so, they have been rested to a certain extent and, and players like Trent, um, I suppose there's quite a few, isn't there? Fabino, Henderson uh, and obviously yeah, Gomez and Ox, the more long-term absentees when they come back. Um, there's a little kind of cluster of players there who, who haven't had too much game time and might be actually quite fresh for the running. Um, and obviously there's you know players who cater, we've seen a while, he's had a little spell of starts now. But him, Shakiri, who we haven't seen much of uh, in recent weeks, who you know, hopefully for the run-in, for the final kind of dozen or hopefully a few more games, uh, are all going to be kind of nicely fresh and rested. 
James, Manchester United faced Liverpool not, not so long ago. Doesn't doesn't feel like, like that long ago when they came to Anfield in December and, to be honest, probably one of the most dominant Liverpool displays against United that <coughs> I can remember. It's going to be a totally different side that they face tomorrow, obviously, as we've touched on. Where do you think that Liverpool can specifically hurt Manchester United? Uh, I, th- I think the biggest thing which may well play into Liverpool's hands is the fact I think we'll see a more adventurous United than, than they faced Previously, I mean, obviously December was a, a you know a bit of an isolated game in, in such because United were in such a bad mess at the time that they you know Mourinho effectively parked the bus, but they couldn't even do that properly at that yes. time. I think so many of their players had almost down tools and and stopped playing for him. Um, and Liverpool should have been out of sight long. You know, you think that was one of Alisson Becker's rare bad games. He made that mistake that allowed Lingard to equalise when United had, had never even showed any real attacking threat. And then Liverpool in the end were indebted to two you know, deflections from Shakiri shots that, that won the game for them. Um, but in terms of, like, there was a massive gulf in class and attitude and application that day. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the big, you know, the biggest difference has been that, you know, he's got them playing again, hasn't he? Yeah. Solskjaer. And I think it's probably, he's done a bit more than that. Like, I think initially you thought there's bound to be like an upturn in fortunes because He's just—he's not Mourinho. So, yeah. like, even anyone, I think anyone who would have walked in there would have got more out of them. It was you know, the most predictable thing all season yeah. was that Pogba would suddenly become a player again, <laughs> because you know, and and just you know, the negativity of, of that—the the final like six months under Mourinho was just all washed away. So, um, but I think you know, I watched I watched most of their game against Chelsea the night in the FA Cup, and I think what strikes you is just how hard they all work for each other now. Mm. The United players as well, yeah. and. Um, and tactically, you know, they did get it absolutely spot on. Um, so it's, it's without doubt, this is the toughest game Liverpool have got left this season that stands between them and winning the league. Um, but yeah, the thing that fills me with a degree of confidence is the fact that you know United will they will play. They will. It'll be a very different game to the one against Bayern Munich in midweek, where Bayern you know came for a, a draw and and got it without too many worries. And you know, I think. If, if Liverpool are, are concise and, and slick enough on the counter-attack, then I can see them causing this United team problems where they've struggled in previous years at Old Trafford just because United have been so rock-solid. And Kiefer, who do you think is going to have to produce a standout performance on Sunday if, if Liverpool are going to come away? Obviously, last season, I remember, it wasn't... I don't think it was Dejan Lovren's or Trent Alexander-Arnold's mm. finest hour. Do you think it's going to need... Are you, gonna, are you looking for your defenders to start to stand up on Sunday, or do you think it's going to need a little bit of midfield magic, or the the usual suspects of of the front three? You, you say the usual suspects, but they've got quite a, a poor record against United. I don't think they've scored mm. many goals. Salah hasn't scored for Liverpool against United, so he could get his fifty. I think playing goal together be... is literally the worst record. They've only scored once against Manchester United playing really? as a three. So I feel like they're your men to stand up and be counted, and you know get the get the goals. If not goal, whatever you know, I'll take one and leave it there. But um, yeah, this United team now just looks so determined, and like James said, they're working hard for each other. They almost remind you. Obviously, I've said about Solskjaer haven't been inspired by Klopp's sort of style of play. You saw the other night, Smalling would come out and have a little nibble at like um, the Chelsea players, and then Herrera or Matic or whoever would just fill in for them. And United lack that under Mourinho. They all sort of didn't know what the jobs were and they just seemed just had a low self-esteem as a team. Didn't they? didn't believe in each other and what they could do. And now they've got that belief behind them. It is kind of a worry for Liverpool to meet them at this stage rather than meet them 
when we did last time, but then they turned it on last time in a, in a way. But, you know, we were lucky, like James says, with the deflections and stuff. Um, but obviously form kind of goes out the window for games like this. Any derby, sort of like that kind of thing, isn't it? So, you know, I'm expecting them to play really well, but hopefully we can we can play better. Mm. And how much of a boost, Sean, is it going to be to have the big man Virgil van Dijk back in the heart of the defence? Obviously, you were, you were ringside against Bayern Munich in, in midweek. Is it almost strange to watch Liverpool without without the... The big man now, and, and how much of a boost will it be to have him back? Oh, massive! Yeah, I mean it was, it was, um, and that was one of the things. I he's think. the only player I've ever seen, by the way, who plays men's footy and makes it look like he's playing, like he's wandered onto like an <laughs> under 11s game. <laughs> he does, it? yeah. He's just an absolute giant, and like, yeah, like you say, the the, the way he kind of carries himself in the game, um, huge confidence, always looks relaxed. I think you know Liverpool played played very well in the week and certainly defended well. Uh, Fabinho, we've touched on Matip, and you know we had. One of his one of his much better games recently. I thought the other night, uh, although you know, did nearly score at both ends. But um, but you know, Fabinho did well too. Some you know, really good uh, tackles, especially second half. Um, one of the penalties was on Lewandowski in the uh, yeah. kind of in the penalty area. I had a great performance. But yeah, I think just the the, the kind of the surety and the, the confidence that midfield especially can take when when Van Dijk's behind you. I think players look much more confident. I think that's one of the things that's really helped one album this season. He's he looks more confident carrying the ball and. Um, obviously, like, like like Jay touched on before, it probably now means that Fabinho can be liberated and, and sent forward into midfield. I think that'll be really kind of key in terms of keeping Pogba quiet. Um, whatever way he goes, whether it's Fabinho and Henderson, both of them, one of them, um, you know, that's that's a key job, isn't it, in, in kind of uh, keeping United quiet. But looking at the last few games, just just going back to how Liverpool could hurt them, yeah. I think they've they've played a bit better and they've had their kind of bigger scalps um, away from home. So, so like like the guys have said, I think if they if they are that, that little bit more adventurous and there's a bit of space, um, Liverpool have got the pace up front to to hurt them. Hopefully, in a similar manner that the PSG did, like Mbappe, I think Di Maria had like you know really really good games against them there. Yeah, and and even that game against Chelsea uh, on Monday, obviously Chelsea are absolutely shot at the minute. They're, they're not looking like a good side, but there was there was a few times where Higuain was kind of on the last shoulder. He had. A half chance if he, you know, had had the pace. using his pace in yeah, behind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he'd been able to kind of accelerate a little bit, um, it, the, you know, the, the, the outcome could have been a little bit different. So and there's plenty for Liverpool to kind of to, to hopefully prey on on Sunday. Do you think Klopp will be using the PSG game at Old Trafford as a blueprint, James, or do you think Liverpool will will just play their their own game and and their own styles as as we so often see? Yeah. I th- well, I think he'll take certain elements from that one, but. Um... But yeah, I think I don't think an awful lot of change in terms of it's the way Liverpool like to play away from home, where you know they'll be tight and compact, and you know try and shut down space, and then look to counter at pace. And that's why I think Fabinho absolutely nailed on. I think to start in midfield because he's got that that creative ability to you know we've we've seen it from him already. That you know to thread the, yeah mm. to to put balls through and. Um, and there will be space in behind United's back line, and you know that's that's when Liverpool have got to be clinical and they've got to be ruthless when those chances come their way. So um, yeah, it's just it's a day when you desperately need your big name players to to step up and, and deliver. Um, and yeah, I, I think that midfield battle will go a long way to deciding the outcome because I think you know, you know you rewind th- three months and I, you know Herrera and Matic look, looked almost like finished they were so yeah. so off it for them and then suddenly there you know Herrera looks absolutely like reborn again now and as we said before Pogba you know I think I think there was a stat knocking around this week I think I think Pogba's been involved in 15 Premier League goals either scored or assisted since Solskjaer came in 
And I think only Son in that period at Tottenham in the Premier League has been involved in, in, in as many as that. Um, so that that's going to be the absolute key for Klopp. What does he go with midfield-wise, I think? Um, you know, Because circumstances have dictated he's had to keep chopping and changing that midfield in the last couple of months. So I look back and since the turn of the year, Liverpool played eight games and eight different midfield combinations. Um, you know, because of course he at times he's gone with the, the two and the four two three one and played Shakiri and other times four three three. Um, so it will be it'll be really interesting to see what he goes for. You know, he was asked about it today and he kind of said what you'd expect him to say about how you know they they've all well whatever I go with they've got to you know just accept it because they'll all be needed at some point in the next week with you know Watford midweek and then the Merseyside derby. Um, but I think that is a big dilemma for him because I think. Like I said, I, I think Fabinho has to start in midfield. I don't see how you can not have Jordan Henderson after how well he mm. played in midweek. And I think his experience as well is be absolutely vital on a day like that. And then Wijnaldum, I don't think you can leave out Gene Wijnaldum when you think how important he's been to Liverpool this season. So then you find yourself, well, there's no room for James Milner and no room for Naby Keita. And I suppose Keita would be the one that really divides opinion amongst fans. Because I know a lot of fans would say, you know, he has to, he has to be in there, but... I don't know. I, I, I personally, I think, I think I'd, I'd leave Cater out of this and maybe he have a part to play off the bench. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Do you think it's strange just to touch on Milner a little bit that this time last season he was such an integral part of the run to the Champions League final? And, you know, in, in kind of just a quiet way, he's kind of just drop down the pecking order a little bit? Do you think now he plays a different role at Liverpool? Yeah, probably a bit frustrating for him, I'd imagine, recently, because I was looking, I don't think he's played... Well, he hasn't started a game in centre-mid since uh, City away, right at the start of, the, of January. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's done a job, hasn't he, at full-back and, and sh- shown his value to Liverpool and his versatility there. Um, but yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I just I don't know. Like he, he's still he's still a very value, valuable player to have, and you know Klopp always goes on as well about how you know even when he's not playing, he's a massive presence in the dressing room. But yeah. you know, same with him and Henderson. There's been games where him and Henderson, neither of them have started yet. They're still the most vocal presences in the yeah. dressing room before games, uh, and that doesn't change regardless of you know which eleven are, are starting. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you could make a case for Milner just because. You know, it's going to be a very, very hostile Level environment, and, and yeah, you know, I think he's got that. Milner would definitely have that kind of controlled aggression that you'd say is going to be absolutely crucial on a day like this. But I don't know. I, I, the only thing I, I, I worry slightly about whether he's got the legs for mm. you know if it's yeah. a real high intensity game. Um, personally, I, I, I think I'd go with you know the, the Fabino Henderson and and Wijnaldum as the, as the as the kind of most advanced of the midfield three. So James Pierce has spoken on his traits for Benio Henderson and Jeannie Kiva. Put yourself in Jürgen Klopp's shoes tomorrow as he's writing out his team sheet. Who, who are you going for? There is a case for James Milner, of course. He obviously played for Manchester City for a number of years and experienced the Manchester derby rivalry, obviously. Um, but yeah, with him not having played a lot, I would obviously, yeah. And Fabinho just played so well against Bayern and just showed is versatility and I feel like you just couldn't leave him out because he's on such a, a good streak of games and performances um, and then Henderson as well was like he looked like the captain 
like he is off the pitch, mm. on the pitch, which is almost bizarre. Like James said, in the dressing room and stuff, if he's not playing, he'll still be, you know, that vocal leader. But he was it on the pitch, and especially with the absence of Van Dijk, we needed him to almost, like, double up as, you know, like an extra, because Van Dijk's obviously one of the captains on the pitch. Um, but it, just to pick up on that real quick, um, it was quite interesting that... I felt like Van Dijk was playing and he wasn't the other night. I feel like that's how much of an impact he has on our team and our defence and on how the fans watch it almost because, you know, we've watched Liverpool for years and when they've had, like, defenders who would just capitulate and, like, we'd be like, right, it's over now because we've just, we battled it here. Uh, Van Dijk weren't playing, but we have that, like, assurity that he is. Do you think he's improved the players around Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's, like, shadows almost there anyway and they're just sort of in it. Like, it's just, he's... Unbelievable. Um, but back to the midfield. <laughs> a little, uh, you know, diverted there into the defence. Back to the midfield, yeah. So I probably Maybe just talk about the strikers now. <laughs> yeah, should we just, just have a little chat? Um, no, yeah, I'd probably agree with James, really, yeah. But no no place for Naby? I really do like him. I feel like he's really warming up. He was, like, you know, almost cold at the beginning of the season and he's getting warmer and warmer and he's getting to that, you know, hot sort of phase and, like, his little touch the other night away in, from mm. Bayern Munich, you know, the little the little moments of magic and he, he's just got them moments in him but he just needs to add all of them moments into an assist or a goal and I feel like that'll just settle him right down and he'll be a great player for Liverpool. Sean Brabby, are you going to come and spice it up or are you... Um, I, 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 well, I'll try a couple of devil's advocate shouts then. Um, I think, you know, you could you could make a case for, for keeping Fabinho at centre-back. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I think that the midfield that played the other night did, did very well. Are you, um, are, you, are you going to be the man to sit Joel Matt up down? <laughs> I, I guess, look, <laughs> looking at it from the perspective of, you know, the United's array of attacking talent and, and how well, you know, Fabinho played the other night and kind of kept Lewandowski quiet. Would they prefer to come up against Fabinho at centre-back or Matip? Um, I think that's 50-50 at best. They might well say Matip. Um, but then I think, you know, ha- having him in midfield and what he provides, what, what he gave in the Bournemouth game, you know, fizz and passes into Salah and just his all-around game, I think we, Liverpool would miss that uh, too much. So I think, you know, the, the, the sensible thing is, yeah, as, as the guys have said, he, he's got to be in midfield. The other, the other thing that could be done, I suppose, and kind of what PSG did was, was more of a 4-2-3-1, which I suppose would, would allow you to have... Henderson and Fabinho a bit deeper. Um, I wouldn't mind the idea of, of Fabinho kind of buzzing around Matic and you know trying to limit his influence. Uh, Salah's, Salah's kind of searing pace up top, and then um, you know put all the players out wide. But but yeah, I think I think the the, the team that um, the, the guys have outlined is 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 the one that when you take everything into consideration, you know, wanting Fabinho in midfield, keep, keeping Henderson in place, having options off the bench, which, you know, obviously Cater would, would be the one yeah. um, who I think could come on and influence the game. And it, it, it does feel like one that's going to be so tight that in the last 20, 30, if you've got an option like him, um, who, who really has warmed to the task in recent weeks and has, has had a key contribution or threatened to have one in, in virtually every game he's played the last half dozen, um, I think that's, that's the sensible way to go. James, do you think... Klopp will be instructing one of his three midfielders to, to, to stick tight to Pogba and do a man-marking job, or is that not really Klopp's style? No, it, I mean, he doesn't really tend to go in for kind of man-to-man-to-man marking jobs, but there's no doubt they will, they've worked on where where he likes to get out and hurt teams, and the big thing will be the, the three that he has in there operating together as a unit and, and shutting down that, that space, because... Um, 
you know, the, the, the big thing at Old Trafford last season when Liverpool lost, I don't know it was a different United then, but um, Liverpool started the game far too slowly then. You know, they yeah. they, they, they were 2-0 down, what was it, after 20, 25 minutes. Um I think Rashford got scored both goals, and then they were, you know, they were they were basic goals as well, weren't they? they were long punts downfield yeah. that didn't get. Two, I think it was Hans, Lukaku, wasn't it? Who, you know, yeah. bullying defenders, and and then Trent had a you know a rare you know troubled afternoon that particular day, and then then Liverpool got themselves back into it, but you know had a, had a mountain to climb and couldn't quite get there. Um, so that'll be a, a, a big thing on Sunday because you know the Old Trafford will be absolutely bouncing because. Um, you know, that's, it's roles reversed, isn't it? You know, there's been many times over the years where, you know, when they were the dominant yeah. force in English football, they were coming to Anfield, and 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 you could sense the the feeling around Anfield at those those occasions that you know how much would we love to, to 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 mess it up for them and throw a spanner in the works, and now roles are reversed. It's you know that yeah they're going for top four, so of course it's not just about messing things up for Liverpool, but that is a huge motivation for yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's. They, there's no 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 question that they would much, give you know. it to City tomorrow. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's easier yeah. to take, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because you know, I haven't spoken to money, one United fan who no. wants no. They've been like no. desensitized to the idea of City doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. I think the City have spent that much money, haven't they? It would almost be well. You know, yeah. They, it they want it last. Yeah. 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 Just the money and. But you know the fact that it's been 29 years for Liverpool. You know yeah. they 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 love that, don't they? And the the prospect of that ending anytime soon is absolutely mortifying for them. So. Yeah, it's. I think, I think that's why I think Klopp will be picking a team based on characters as well as ability. Just because I think he'll know that it is going to be a very hot reception that Liverpool get, and absolutely key to killing that off is going to be starting the game well, being on the front foot and not giving anything stupid away. Because um, you know this United side are difficult enough to stop at the moment as, as it is without without giving them any kind of, of heads up. I think the only thing is. I think there's been so much talk this week about how much better United are compared to the United Liverpool faced a few months ago. I think, and I'm sure Klopp will be reinforcing to his players the fact that, you know, let's just not lose sight of the fact how good we've been yeah. this season. Because, yeah. you know, for all the talk about United, they still haven't, you know, they've had some decent results. But a lot of it, a lot of those wins have been against teams that you would fully expect them to, yeah. to walk yeah. all over anyway. And Liverpool go there having lost one league game all season. You know, they've got the best away defensive record in the Premier League and I think only conceded eight goals away from home all season. Um, so there, there shouldn't be any sense of like fear or trepidation or anything like that because, you know, in Liverpool, went, they've been to one away at Tottenham this season, you know, drawn at Chelsea, drawn at Arsenal, played really well. Very unlucky to lose away to City when, you know, 11 millimetres away from getting something from that game. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a massive, massive game, but there's no, yeah, I don't... I, you kind of you almost fear the consequences in terms of if things didn't go well, the impact that would have on Liverpool going forward. Yeah. But then the other side of it is go there and win, and you know mm. you couldn't get a better shot in the arm than that. Sean, I'll open this one up to you because you're what, one or two months older than Keeper. I think. <laughs> can you remember the last time Liverpool went to Old Trafford as favourites? They, they wouldn't have been last season, I don't, I don't think. Thirteen, fourteen, maybe. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what the odds were about then, no. but I mean Liverpool were. Because United was struggling then, weren't they? That was yeah. under Moyes, wasn't it? And yeah, it was... yeah. But yeah, I was surprised on the odds actually. Cause Liverpool are quite big favourites for Sunday. Yeah. And Do you think that changes anything? Or no, 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 no. no. It, I, I, in fact, I wouldn't even. I think, I think it's a fifty-fifty more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. I think. 
Yeah. You won't be putting your mortgage on a uh, Liverpool win then on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> no, 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 I think I think it's really a really really difficult one to call. I think. In fact, I actually... Do you think it's got the potential of one of those big games that gets hyped up so much and then ends up being quite cagey and neither team <laughs> no, wants to no. lose? Or do you think it's going to be a full-on gung-ho? I th- it's difficult because, uh, obviously, we were touching on it before, like Solskjaer's future. It, even though he's done really, really well, if, if United had the opportunity to appoint you know, a, a, a huge name in the summer, it's still a possibility that they can take it. Does he almost need a, a real statement performance? I know we've talked about games that they've done well in, Chelsea, um, Spurs, beat Arsenal as well in the, in the FA Cup. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of on him a little bit as well. And um, and if he doesn't win a trophy this season, although they're still kind of in with a shout of, 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 of doing that, but a, a big scalp against Liverpool, obviously for which he would have to um, approach the game in a certain way and, and give it a real go would would be a kind of feather in his cap and would help him with any negotiations that are kind of to come for the rest of the season. So I think um, I can see what you're saying. You know, it, it, it could it could still become cagey, uh, and I think it might well be one of those that if it's if it's fairly level late in the game, um, then maybe you might see both sides settle for it. A point is not the end of the world for Liverpool in the in the kind of title challenge, um, and it would be another game where you know. Sasha remains unbeaten. Uh, Liverpool wouldn't have come to their backyard and taken that scalp. But I think there's 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 merit in it for him to 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 really try and you know do everything he can to beat Liverpool, which obviously in turn could could give the Reds a bit of an advantage. Would you be disappointed, James, if you came away with a draw on Sunday? Do no. you think? No, you'd no. take that. Mm. Yeah, 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 top of the league still. Yeah. Yeah. Take a draw now. To yeah, you take think, the draw now. Yeah, yeah, I had sensational. Some, some fella accosted me. You're going to get a few tweets about the, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some fella accosted me in the gym earlier on this week, and he um, F- physically he, or. Uh, <laughs> he, he did pretty much grab me, and he, he did, and he said, he said his first words were, "We have to win on Sunday. We have to. Anything, anything less than the win is gone." And I said to him, "No, no, 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 no 100. percent That's that's not right." He went, "No, we have to win. I, Liverpool don't have to win, do they? they you know, no. of course, a win." I, I, I didn't even know Ian Doyle went to the same gym. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably the one place in the world I'm safe from ever bumping into Ian Doyle, to be honest, because the. Uh, but yeah, this. This fellow was adamant that Liverpool had to win at Old Trafford if they were serious about winning the league, but I don't see it like that. Like, you yeah. know, as Sean said, Liverpool, Liverpool drew on Sunday with 11 games to go, their fate's in their own hands. And this, this is without a shadow of a doubt the most difficult game Liverpool have got of the 12 left. Um, so, yeah, a draw, a draw, I think a draw, you know, would, would, would be a good result, especially when you look at the, the form that, that United have been in. Um, but, Obviously, you don't. You know, the club won't play for that. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't. I, I, I think a draw would be quite a likely outcome, to be honest. Because yeah. I can see it being really open and then entertaining, and a few goals in it, and then I can see it reaching the point where, where Liverpool don't take too many risks because yeah. mm-hmm. you don't want to risk losing what you've got. And we've seen a more pragmatic side to Klopp this season, anyway. And I think the same with the United. You know, despite the fact they would love to love to beat Liverpool and and get their revenge for December, I just wonder whether it might be one of those games where after 60, 70 minutes, it, they do almost back off a little bit for fear of losing losing what they've got. Keith, I'm going to put you on the spot first and give James and Sean a little bit of time to prepare and to watch your favourite ever Liverpool Manchester United moment. Oof. It's got to be the Dusaina lob, hasn't it? <laughs> what a week that was for them. That- um, it's a hard one, isn't it? There is. I mean, there's been some great ones, haven't there? Yeah. I mean, I'd, cow hat trick. Yeah, the, yeah. One of, wish, the Danny Gerard. Murphy winners at Old Trafford got a lot of time for them. The Gerard, one nails. Remember, Gerard ne- nearly scored a hat trick of penalties. That was quite something, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what's, do you know what? What's the Not really. Another great moment was Coutinho's goal in the Europa League there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was just a unique moment as well. Because in terms of just the context, with it being a European tie as well. Because yeah. I think United had scored not long before, hadn't they? And then yeah. so they got they got right back in the tie, and Old Trafford was absolutely bouncing. And then it was just before half time on there. And obviously with the away goals rule. It was that just absolutely killed it yeah. in like, and it was such a great finish as well, yeah. didn't it? The little dink over De Gea. Um, so yeah, that would that would be one of my personal favourites. Sean, I think well, the guys have like nailed them all there. All of those are brilliant. But what what I would say about even most of those, all of those, in fact, is that at the time they've been an incredible moment. But come the end of the season, you know, the competitions that all of those have been in, by and large, have, have resulted in a bit of disappointment. So I would I would hope that. Maybe, maybe Sunday. Maybe there's something on Sunday, or certainly, you know, the the three one, the, the the two goals from Shakiri off the bench. By the end of the season, does come to mean mean something more for Liverpool. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sunday in in hope. You're going to say more some, expectation. You've got a future. <laughs> yeah. Best moments. Yeah, I feel like you have to do the double every United of Liverpool to win the league, but it's it's not the worst thing in the world if we get a point. Yeah. We need to sort of sober up to like that thought and be like, you know, we're a point better, and we would have taken four points from United. Um, ahead of the game in December I was like convinced we need six points from them if we're going to do anything and you still sort of feel like that we've got three let's get another one or mm. you know another three and that'd be great and the momentum a win like that could give you would just be you know I think we could we could fly home almost surf home on that <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just before then we, we go to predictions as, as usual at the end James a little bit more good news for the Reds this week we've had new contracts for Adam Lewis and and Paul Glatzel, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, just Liverpool rewarding the progress of two very gifted young players. Um, you know, Adam Lewis, I think people have probably known about him for a fair few years now. You know, uh, local talent who's come up through the the ranks at the academy. Um, you know, has shown he can play in midfield and a, and at left back. I think left back will still be his future. And um, you know, and uh, you know, opportunity knocks him really with Moreno's contract running out this summer. I think um, you know if he if if he develops as Liverpool hope he will do, he could well you know be uh, Andy Robertson's deputy next season. Yeah. Um, so he yeah. also do a bit centre mid as well. I've seen him playing centre mid in the mini derby last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is he's very com- combative and and physical. And I just I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether it he'll, he'll quite have the size. Um, yeah. To, to make it as a midfielder, you know, at, at the absolute highest level. Um, although he, you know, he has shown he can play there at under twenty threes level. Um, and then, yeah, Paul Glatzel, um, first pro deal for him at Liverpool. Signed it on his eighteenth birthday this week. Um, been an absolute revelation this season. Twenty three goals at academy level. Uh, form this it's great. P- it's a PSS great. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he has to beat players more mobile than Doyle though. That's the uh, the um, yeah, he's you know he's he he formed this great strike partnership with Bobby Duncan. You know, got over forty between them now, and um, and yeah, Liverpool have got really really high hopes for him. You know, he's had, he's had a, a few chances to train with the first team squad under Klopp at Melwood. Uh, first start for the twenty threes, first goal for the twenty threes against West Ham at the start of this week. Um, so yeah, really really positive, and you know I think. Glatzel and his under-18s teammates will be pretty pleased with that UEFA Youth League draw today as well because I know they've got, uh, was it Dynamo Zagreb away in the last 16 and then if they get through Chelsea and Montpellier away in the in the quarters. Um, I know from being down at the academy and seeing Barry Lutis the other week, he was 
it was being an open draw. He was desperate to avoid another Premier League team because you know he, he said you know the whole point in this competition is you want to you want to experience new things, new styles. You know it's all part yeah. of the you know, the youngsters' development. Um, so yeah, nice little trip to Zagreb. Um, I think kind of ticks all the boxes for Liverpool on that front, and um, you know with the that and the FA uh, Youth Cup tie against Berry in the quarterfinals to come in a couple of weeks' time. It's, uh, you know, they've, got, they've got plenty to play for as well as the first team. Little little trip to Zagreb for me and you, James, do you think? Little, was, little lads, Aldi? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think I, know, we, I think we can sort that. I know Andy <laughs> Kelly, who obviously used to work here, is, is very keen to assure the Echo Centre Zagreb because obviously now as the academy press officer, he's been. I think he's been told that if there is any UK media travelling, then he will need to go as well. So uh, <laughs> we might have to do some kind of deal to ensure we both get there for that because uh, I think the Zagreb's supposed to be nice, actually. I've never yeah. been, but I'd like to. Well, we'll find out yeah. in, uh, in a few <laughs> weeks. Oh, it's then. a two-man job, that. Oh, you can't. 100%. Piers can't go without Carol. Another, another quirky fact... I might fa- join you as well. <laughs> <laughs> another quirky fact for the table is that Adam Lewis's brother, Andy, scored the first ever goal past me playing as a goalkeeper. Yeah, playing, well, I was playing Liverpool Academy. Have. He came through one-on-one. I thought... Got this all day, and he's coolly slotted into the bottom <laughs> corner. So it's a, a harrowing memory for me. <laughs> so as usual, then Liverpool take on Manchester United at Old Trafford on Sunday, and now it's time for predictions. Obviously, James is came, James is hoping for a draw. I think. I got my prediction spectacularly wrong with the buying game in midweek. What did you go for? The four-one Liverpool. <laughs> I said 4 0, Liverpool. Right? Yeah, and, and I, I felt even more stupid, but I realised I'd also put on the end of that scouting report from Augsburg last week. One thing is certain it won't be cagey. <laughs> <laughs> With Bayern looking so good going forward and absolutely horrendous defensively. And then I should have known as soon as I'd written that, I had 0 0 written. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, r- rather than wanting to jinx Liverpool for a second game in a row, uh, I'm going to go with 2 2. 2-2 Ooh, yeah. to be fair to you I seen the 4-0 Liverpool was 50-1 to and I just thought if that's not worth a fiver then what is and was bitterly disappointed Kiva we've got 2-2 what are you going for? I think I'm going to go for 3-1 like it was a 3-1 to the field. Mighty Reds yeah yeah okay just feel like a nice you know little bit of symmetry there if you're going to do a scorecast who's your, who's your first goal scorer? Salah for his 50th Salah for the be a nice way to give you a half cent very tasty Sean um, I'm going to go 1-1 after an hour. Cater off the bench. Wins a pen. Salah slots it. 2-1. An all-time scenario. Mystic Meg over there. By the way, if that now happens, <laughs> I've got yeah. to have a quid on that. I'm going to have a quid on that. I think it's got to be done. Well, everyone, thank you for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. My second ever time hosting. Tweet me all your nice words about that, which I'm, I'm sure you'll get in touch with. Uh, James, Kiva and Sean, thank you very much for joining. Let's hope for a good result for the Reds on the weekend. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.